Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, you lovely lot, and welcome to this week's edition of Tuesday Night Jaw, brought to you by the Distraction Pieces Network, the podcast network that is blooming great it features loads of great podcasts for you to check out at this point you know that because i tell you every week but make sure you go and seek out some episodes um jack sexsmith has recently been on the actual distraction pieces network podcast with pip uh, it was a two-part it's quite a long one that's worth checking out pip's also talked to loads of wrestlers in the past including gallagher and uh, chris jericho just randomly, because that's what Pip does. He's dead famous and stuff, and he uses his fame to speak to even more slash equally as famous people. Um, so if you've never listened to them episodes or you've never listened to Distraction Pieces, the podcast, uh, make sure you go and do that and check out everything else that's on our wonderful network. Right, me. Yeah, hello. Um, that's not awkward. Uh, so I, I've just come back from doing Pro Wrestling Chaos in Bristol. Uh, I, I'm currently recording this on the Sunday and I did the show on the Saturday. And I just wanted to say that I, I really love doing Chaos. It's so nice and so much fun. And with loads of people that I really like, with loads of talent that are genuinely awesome and also that I don't get to see loads of. So I'm always really buzzing after I come back from them shows and and I'm feeling exactly the same. I also get to do commentary with Eddie Dennis, which is one of my favourite things in the world because he's both very good and will always have a quote or say something that breaks me um, and makes me look very unprofessional. So... That's a joy, but he was a banging little show. Um, if you've never seen Pro Wrestling Chaos, go and seek them out. They're, uh, they're unfortunately closing the doors in February, but they're going out with a bang, and there's so much stuff that's, that's well worth watching there. I mean, you might want to mute it, because I'm, I'm on commentary, so you have to listen to my voice, but Eddie's there. He's great. You know, that balances that out, and there's loads of really good wrestling, as there was last night. So go check that out. One of the nicest things as well when I was down there was... Two or three people individually came up and said about how much they're enjoying the, the, the new format of TNJ. And it always really catches me off guard because, again, I've said this every week, 
but I've really enjoyed doing it and I'm a warrior. I'm a proper little warrior. Smallman will tell you this. If you see him in person, say how much does Matt worry about everything that comes out of his mouth? He'll laugh and he'll tell you how much. Um, so I do worry that you're going to get bored or it's not really for you. So it, it, it's it's nice. It's genuinely really nice that when people take time out to, to say they enjoy it. So... Yeah, thank you again for that because I'm really enjoying doing them. It involves a little bit more work in the sense I have to think things out and plan things out um, and do some research. But the best thing about doing research is get to sit back and watch loads of good wrestling that I really like because that's a bloody concept, isn't it? It's just favourite matches and favourite feuds. So it's I get to call work this me sitting around watching Ring of Honor in 2007 at the minute. So, oh, what a hard life I live. Um, so, yeah, genuinely thank you so much for supporting it. Talking of podcasts, because we're on a podcast, I've got I've got some stuff to, to plug slash shout out to. I recently went and did Riptide, uh, their Brighton uh, weekender, Brighton Spirit weekender. Had a wicked time. I, I spoke about it briefly um, on here as well as on the live podcast as well. But I ended up um, briefly being on MJ's Riptide After Party podcast, which is an official Riptide, or unofficial? I don't know if it's official or unofficial. Sod it. It's official. Uh, it's the Riptide podcast, um, and MJ does like a roundup of the shows, uh, and obviously did the weekender, and asked me a few questions. I'm a bumbling mess on it, because I was like proper hyped after the, the doing the show, and I was outside, and it was cold, um, and I keep saying, yeah, man, um, which is really obnoxious. So I apologize. <laughs> you can skip past my bit because the rest of it's really, really, really good. MJ breaks down all the shows, also has a couple of interviews with Shakara uh, and Daniel Macabe, who is, is someone I met over that weekend, who's an absolute gentleman um, and, and proper loves wrestling. He's a proper nerd about it. And I love people like that. So I, I, I really encourage you to go and check it out. The podcast called Riptide After Party. And if you've never seen any Riptide before, um, who are a Brighton wrestling company, can't recommend them enough. There is, of course, the Cara Noir versus Pac match, which gets talked about a lot by me and the Scroobius of the Pips. So I, I listened to the, that Riptide After Party on Spotify, but I'm pretty sure it's available on a few things. Go and seek it out. Right, that's all the shilling, that's all the plug-in. Um, I've, I've, I've got so many hats to wear now. I've sold my soul to so many companies that I forget which hat I have to wear. Um, so yes, Distraction Pieces, Network, Boss, Riptide, Boss, Pro Wrestling Chaos, also Boss. Okay, right. It is time for this week's episode. This is actually part two now of a free parter yes it got slightly out of hand thank you very much for listening sit back and relax and enjoy this week's edition of tuesday night jaw so before we enter what would be act three of five in this feud this story's third piece would take a step forward into the spotlight as morishima pummeled a cracked orbital bone on the same night in chicago McGuinness outlasted Hero, Castanoli and Marafuji to earn the right to challenge the Ring of Honor world champion. Danielson was reeling, but Nigel, after falling short in April, rebounds today on part two of Brian versus Goliath.
When the working relationship between Noah and Ring of Honor was forged, McGuinness spoke about his friendship with Morishima dating back to 2005 when Nigel was touring with the Japanese company. But friendship would evolve into a professional respect as the Brit faced off against Morishima in both Tokyo and New Jersey, falling twice to the monster of the King's Ark. Both valiant efforts, both exhibitions of two warriors locked in battle for the ultimate prize, but both still fought under the Code of Honour. As Morishima's dominance grew, so too would the distance between any friendships or even respect for his opponents. The final embers of remorse snuffed out after the champion's brutal stoppage victory over the American Dragon in their second contest. Now, this time round, it was clear that McGuinness was no longer facing the man he knew before. But this wasn't the same Nigel McGuinness either from earlier on in the year, in August, September and October. The keyholder of the London Dungeon would win three four-corner survival matches, the second of which, a victory over Hero, Castanoli and Marafuji, would take place the same night in Chicago as Morishima Danielson too. The high-profile victory would secure McGuinness's opportunity at the Ring of Honor World Champion for the third time in 2007. The championship that had eluded him his whole career was now in touching distance. The only problem? Standing in his way was the man he had shared countless coach journeys with in Japan and the monster he had failed to slay twice before. But on the 6th of September 2007... Nigel's quest for the gold would prove undeniable. After throwing lariat after lariat, after suffering damage to his arm and his shoulder at the hands of Morishima, McGuinness would hit a jawbreaker lariat that would finally behead the beast. Following the battle, maybe for the first time during his US voyage, we would see the man that McGuinness had befriended years ago. The beaten champion handed over his title and bowed to his triumphant foe. The monster was dead. Long live the new king of Ring of Honor. Despite the celebrations, all was not well in the ROH kingdom. Another heir to the throne had just watched his bitter rival win the crown he so desperately wanted by beating the champion he couldn't. A fire bubbled inside the belly of the American dragon. He wouldn't have to wait long for his chance to unleash his fury on the new best in the world. Such a rich history between these two competitors, uh, going back to their series of bouts in Cleveland, Ohio, back to the uh, Generation Now event. There's their battle at Unified, uh, to unify the World and Pure Championships in Liverpool, England. Nigel back to his feet. That epic matchup at Driven that many are calling match of the year for 2007. And that one-hour match at Epic Encounter 2. These two know each other so very well. And what a matchup here in our last opening round matchup in the survival of the fittest tournament for 2007. As fate would have it, the first meeting of McGuinness and Danielson after the title win would not be a championship match, rather a survival of the fittest 2007 qualifier match in Las Vegas. And although the title wasn't on the line, it was a meeting of familiar foes and 
familiar tactics as the contest would go back and forth as both tried their best. But with a 20-minute time limit set on this survival of the fittest matchup, it almost seemed inevitable that this would go right down to the wire. Crowd urging both these guys back to their feet again. The time is winding down. It's do or die time for these two men. Catalutilation. He's got it. McGinnis rolling towards his back. Elbows. Repeated elbows from Danielson. But he's in the ropes. Asking the referee how much time is left. Placing him up top. Belly to back superplex possibly. All the way up top goes Danielson. McGinn is trying to fight him off with elbows. And he does. Gets underneath Brian and now behind him. Crutches him on the top rope. What could Nigel have in mind here? Perhaps another Tower of London. Oh, and there's the bell. Right before Nigel's about to go for the Tower of London. The bell rings. 20 minutes have elapsed. And both men are eliminated. The cries of five more minutes rung out as McGuinness grabbed the microphone and stated his intention of wanting to prove that he could beat Danielson. Led to Danielson asking the crowd, you want five more minutes? Then in a peculiar exchange, there was no response. Rather, both men going at it again before McGuinness quickly locking in a what is now commonly known as a Shankly Gate, forcing Danielson to top out before the referee explained that the bell had never rung and Danielson, maybe with his mind on bigger things, left the ring claiming that McGuinness couldn't beat him in the regulated 20 minutes. McGuinness again was left with the frustration of not categorically beating Brian Danielson, but it was maybe the behaviour of Brian that was most surprising. After all, we seen the monster get emotional. Maybe for the first time, were we seeing the strains of war, not physically, but mentally, taking its toll on Brian Danielson. A hat-trick of world title defences would round off McGuinness's year, and after the end of a three-match series with Austin Aries came to its conclusion, and Danielson, on night two of Glory by Honor 6, would finally turn his attention back to Takeshi Morishima. As the throes of war rage back and forth, the Code of Honor would be torn up and discarded as Morishima and Danielson descended into a fight without honor. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.